Hey everybody, Colby here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. This is part two of our weekly podcast uh, where we decided to focus more on content stuff, pop culture, things that y'all ask us on Twitter, stuff that you'll want us to talk about that's not sports related. So this is the first time trying this. Let us know what you think uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, any social media. Uh, my name is David Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. Hello, everybody. This is Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I am late week Colby, and you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. Still, same as the beginning of the week. I still think I'm. I still think I'm Squiggle. Am I still Squiggle? I, think I forgot. Still squiggle. <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me. <laughs> just a Squiggle. It's just a Squiggle. Right now, my Twitter is uh, Colby not at uh, TIFF, TIFF being the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, I wish I was at TIFF, but I am not at TIFF. I am in Greensboro. But there are some good things coming out of TIFF, and I'm excited about them. I really want to see A Star is Born. I heard it's really good. Very pumped for that. Uber Have y'all seen the trailers for it? No, I have I've not. heard of it, but uh, remind me what the premise or the synopsis is. Uh, it's the third reboot of the 1937 movie, uh, Star is Born. They, they do it, like, every 30 years or so. Uh, it's about, as far as I know, because I haven't seen any of the previous versions, uh, a woman who's found by this dude who, uh, writes songs, but she has a really good voice, and she never sings her own songs, and then her turning into a star. Yes, this version, um, the male and female leads are Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Oh, so, interesting. I'm pumped for it. Every time I see the trailer, I'm like, in my veins, please. <laughs> Very here for it. But that's coming out in October. I would like to talk about American Vandal. Go for it, fam. So do y'all watch or listen to a lot of like true crime type of stuff? Yeah, I listen. Buzzfeed's unsolved. I listen to Serial and um, oh, what's the other big one? That's not Serial. Um, there was S Town. S Town. That's what it was. Uh, Dear John, also very good. Uh, but American Vandal is a parody slash satire of true crime. Um, the first season focuses on uh. There was a high school in California, and somebody broke into the teacher's parking lot and 
drew penises. Oh, spray painted penises. That's what this cards. is. I have seen this. Okay. Yes. And they're trying to figure out who done it. And it is such a good show. Like it's it's like a making a murderer type show. <laughs> I actually think that season so season two is about uh, the turd burglar. Wait, wait a second. Wait, um, wait a second. Oh, wait, there's a real turd burglar? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's all like parody and satire. But I think the satire is really poignant. Like, I think it actually makes a really good point when it comes to a lot of the true crime stuff. Like, what, what's the point of uncovering the truth if you're just like exposing all these people to internet backlash? Um,. I think there's like a there's a cool love story in there. Like it's it's just a good show. I really like it. Um, I think I'm three episodes into season two, which is about the turd burglar uh, at this high school in Washington. Somebody put laxatives, the same laxatives that um, they put in the uh, sugar-free gummy bears. They put that in the lemonade in the cafeteria, and everyone drinks the lemonade and there was just poop all over the school like everywhere they're trying to figure out who the turd burglar was he left a calling card and it started an instagram account so they got a they got a confession out of somebody but it was a coerced confession so they got to figure out who did actually did it interesting (laughs) now i'm just sad though that there's not it's not covering a serial pooper that breaks in the house and just lays a deuce in homes (laughs) That's probably happened in reality somewhere. I'm sure it has. There was the thing where the principal or something did that at the school and they found out it was him. And I think they fired him. Oh, you're talking about on the track? They kept yes. doing it on the track? Yep. Yeah. But, but anyway. I highly recommend American Vandal. I saw the first the first season and it was hilarious and also really well made. So... <laughs> Yeah, season two just came out, and I am very here for it. Very here for American Vandal. Um, you saw Predator, uh, the Predator, not just me. Predator, not just Predator, the Predator. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go into some spoilers. So, warning for anyone who just desperately wants to see, uh, the Predator. Uh, avert your ears. Shane Black. Shane Black was the director. He wrote, or I think he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, wrote for, 3. yeah, he directed Iron Man 3. Uh, also wrote for Lethal Weapon. Both Lethal Weapons, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the Nice Guys, Last Action Hero. Right, so lots of credentials. Um, you know, it was a movie. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, it was a good hurricane movie. Um, you know, there were some questionable editing choices uh, in it. Like, for instance, there was a point in time, I think twice in the movie, there was uh, like a slow-mo effect added, but not even a good slow-mo, like an action slow-mo. It was like it, at the end of a scene in a B-movie or like an amateur movie, like just like that, like garage not garage band like what is it what's the free like move editing app movie like, maker movie maker like a movie maker slow-mo that like there's blur and like 
fades out into the next scene. It was really bad. Like, some really bad editing stuff. Not, like, Suicide Squad level editing, but on a scale of, like, one to five Suicide Squads, it was, like, a solid three. (laughs) I heard that there was some problematic stuff concerning, like, people on the autism spectrum being the next stage of human evolution. That is absolutely correct. So, uh, the main character's son um is on the spectrum they make it very obvious uh there's on like a kind of related note there was a point in time where like all the transition cuts in between scenes were like really sudden and like you didn't know what was happening because the tonal shifts were just so like ridiculously sudden um like it would switch from like people getting ripped apart like ripped in half in a mexican jungle and then it switched to this kid looking at a chessboard in uh <laughs> in a classroom in a middle school in a place you don't know so it was just kind of off-putting but um yeah so the main thing was that uh there was a predator um and there's like a running gag throughout the mood- movie about why they're called predators like um <laughs> basically it's like we call these predators and they're like they like to hunt uh species for sport and they're like well then why isn't it called a sports hunter that's not a predator predator hunts because it needs to this is a sports hunter and they're like well we voted and predator sounds cooler so (laughs) that was legitimately how they went through went about that um and so there was a predator mixed with human dna and that was a small predator and then this gigantic 11 foot predator comes and tries to kill that one rips it at like rips its skull out of its head and basically is like, well, I'm going to kill all of you. So I give you about 10 minutes to run. And uh, <laughs> that's it. And um, they said that um, the last they said the last name of the character that was supposed to be like their leader, like a true warrior. Then they make this kid out to be like super smart, really good with patterns um, and like puzzles and everything. And so he's the smartest one of the group. And um it turns out that the predator wants the the kid with autism um, because like earlier in the movie, they were like kind of offhandedly said that it was the next stage in human evolution or something. So they were like going to take the kid and like try and mix his DNA with predator DNA. So that's kind of how that worked. I made me kind of like kind of uncomfortable in the movie theater when I was watching it. Um, a couple of R words thrown in there that I didn't really kind of appreciate. Like, they kind of make light of it, where it was like, yeah, hey, don't I... use that word, because this kid is, you know, the R word. Like, it was just kind of like, uh, that's kind of distasteful. Um, I heard it was 90s level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I will say my favorite line in the entire movie is when, um, not the main character, but one of his friends um, said, uh, get to the choppers. In reference to motorbikes, <laughs> I hate that. I know, but it was so great. I laughed in like out loud in the theater. <laughs> get to the get to the choppers. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, Keegan Michael Key was hilarious. I thought he was pretty good. Um, Reek from Game of Thrones is in this in this movie. Allen. Yeah, he is. He is in this movie. Um, who else? Um, Sterling K. Brown also uh, gave a pretty good performance. Pretty funny. Um, he's kind of acts as the kind of human villain in the movie. And honestly, he was pretty good. I love Sterling K. Brown. 
I think he's fantastic. Um, the main also, character. Oh, go ahead. Olivia Munn. Oh, Olivia Munn. How could I forget? I was kind of running through the cast list in my head. Um, man, she was also surprisingly really funny <laughs> in this movie. Um, she's a, she's funny. Well, it, have you seen um, the newsroom? No, I haven't. She is fantastic in the newsroom. Yeah, she's really she was really funny in this movie. Um, yeah, the actual main character kind of has the like every action hero cardboard box personality, like. <laughs> I'm going to be a badass and that's who I am, like, kind of personality that, you know, if anything, this movie is predictable. Uh, that's my one, that's the one thing I would say about it is predictable. Like, I, out of a scale of, like, ten, like, I, it was a good turn your brain off movie, in my opinion. Uh, like, turn your brain off, like, if you don't think about it too much, it's not going to be too bad. Um, only real gripes are um, kind of distasteful jokes occasionally, kind of weird sort, like, material as far as like how they reference um the autism spectrum and um editing uh there was a main character that died like straight up like got his head blown off um but if you blinked you would have missed it and i i did almost i almost missed it because i blinked (laughs) and you're just like well there goes that person (laughs) so i like legitimately, like uh, like you blink and you would miss this character, like this main plot point character dying. <laughs> so I have a question, and then we can call an audible. Go for it. I so we, I'm sure everyone's heard of the controversy around Shane Black hiring his friend and the scene with Olivia Munn. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. So. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast can guess what I think of that situation. But I heard in regards to the movie, that scene was supposed to, like, establish her character, Olivia Munn's character in the movie, and that when she comes in, it feels a little jarring. Uh, It does feel a little jarring because it literally cuts to her being handed, like, confidential like secret like she's she's literally walking her dog at the park and she just like has government agents like roll up to her and like hey come with us and she's like all right cool deuces and so yeah i would say that her character i would uh, yeah i can attest to that i agree with that statement interesting so it does she does it is kind of jarring i didn't mind it like once she was established i didn't mind her character um but her introduction did kind of feel like something was missing and i didn't know that they that that about her character yeah that's where that scene was gotcha um, i didn't realize that that was the case yes uh but yeah so i think it's time to i'd give i've uh, given about a i give it a 4.6 out of 10 <laughs> not terrible but not the greatest not exactly the greatest thing i've ever seen very good <laughs> so is it time for an Audible? Oh, it's time for an Audible. So this segment is brought to you by Audible. For your listeners who never made Varsity, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I've listened to Harry Potter, History of Magic, narrated by Natalie Dormer, Marjorie, with Game of Thrones. And the wifey. you can download that book 
or another by trying audible.com to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod again that is audibletrial.com slash nmvpod for your free audiobook tangent so david you can't claim Marjorie. You've already chosen your woman. You chose Cersei. You got to live in that bed do, now. You I can sleep do. I can do. in that bed now. I can do what I like. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You've made your bed. You got to sleep with it. She was the wifey until something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Um, what we're did I tell you that I was rewatching, like in the process of rewatching Game of Thrones? No, you didn't. Yeah, just finished season one. Does – oh, okay. I was going to ask you, like, tell me if you – so I've been watching, like, theory videos and stuff about, like, general writing complaints about Game of Thrones. And as I haven't watched all the way through uh, – I've only watched all the way through Game of Thrones once. And I feel like if I watch it again, it would be more obvious. But look out for, like, all those like things like, is season seven as bad as people say it is? Like, I feel like people have a big gripe with season seven. Like, season 5 and season 7, I feel like, are the most hated seasons. I feel like... One, I think rewatching it, season 1 goes by a lot quicker than I thought it would. Uh, They do... Honestly, they do a lot of the fast travel stuff that people complain about in season 7. Where a character's like, hey, I'm going here. And then, like, a couple scenes later, hey, I'm here. Yep. Um... I think then it was for budget reasons. I think now it's just because they have so much they need to fit into these last couple seasons. Um, also, this is like my second time re-watching. So it's my third time going through the series. So I'll definitely look out for that. Um, but man, I'm not looking forward to season five. I do think season seven had a lot of good moments. It may not have been as cohesive as the earlier seasons. But you know, yeah. I just well. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. That's not what this audible is. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Uh, This is about uh, Henry Cavill reportedly for like five minutes was going to be out as Spider Man in the DC. I'm sorry, who? Superman. You said Spider Man again. I said Spider Man again because I have Spider Man on my brain. (laughs) Can you imagine Henry Cavill as Spider Man in that tight, like that tight outfit, like? Hey, I'm Spider-Man. Put a mustache on the (laughs) Spider-Man mask. (laughs) Wow. Henry Cavill and his weird lip. (laughs) Superman. Uh, So, yeah, it was like a five-minute thing. It was was like a day where Henry Cavill uh, reported by, oh, I think uh, the Hollywood Reporter that he would not be coming back as Superman. And then the next day he posted like a weird cryptid cryptic cryptid uh, we got bigfoot out here got bigfoot walking in the back of this instagram video is that mothman it's the mothman it's mothman (laughs) he's not superman anymore he's mothman (laughs) uh i'm holding up a superman action figure so not quite sure what that means i think this is just a public contract negotiation but anyway (laughs) Do y'all have any thoughts for an audible of a new Superman? Uh, my audible is throughout the DCEU start over, <laughs> if it's true. Yeah. So that's what – go ahead. I'd have to agree with that. Like, They've already had a lot of struggles just because Marvel, of course, has been blowing it out of the water with their plan. And DC's movies have just not 
connected like they could have. And so if this if it actually ends up where Henry Cavill does not come back at Superman, I feel like that's a good enough reason to just kind of toss everything, give it a couple years, and then try it again. Just because well, things are not working at this point. And it's not like Marvel just, like, dropped in and said, yeah, we're awesome. Like, they earned our trust. Like, they earned our hype. Like, from Iron Man. Like, they've yeah, been earning no, they our hype. a 17-step plan. Yeah, uh, they, they've earned our hype. Like, they started from scratch. They made these movies to establish these characters. And I feel like D- the DCEU just kind of jumps in. Like, they started with old Batman. That's not how you do this. So I think that something that the Flashpoint story was supposed to fix. Are y'all familiar with the Flashpoint story? I am vaguely familiar with the Flashpoint story, yeah. For those of you who are not, a Flashpoint was a story that was used to kind of reboot uh, the DC Comics. Uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, has the ability to travel back in time if he runs fast enough. If he taps to the Speed Force, he can go back in time he did that um in one of the stories to save his mother from being killed at least in the shows in the tv show on the cw his mom was killed by the reverse flash i'm not sure if that's canon um in the comics but that's what happened in the show and it kind of messes up everything and kind of changed the universe so the flashpoint movie that is allegedly coming one day who knows when sometime was thought to be used as the reboot for the dceu but as with the dceu apparently we have two joker movies coming out and there's a flash movie that may or may not happen and then there's a batman movie that had a director that was um ben affleck and it was ben affleck then was ben affleck again and then ben affleck might not be the batman anymore it's just complicated. It just seems um, so rushed and forced and just discombobulated. Like, the one movie that I feel like they did right was Wonder Woman. And they immediately followed up with whatever Justice League was. <laughs> so. Again, I thought Justice League was fine. I thought it was a fun, fine time at the movies. I don't think it was great. But I think of Justice League how I think of Solo. It was fine. Um, right, but when you're building a when you're building a... A universe. It's like, I don't know. Do you remember the? Do you all remember? Like, we're old enough now. We're you know ripe old age of twenty one, twenty two year olds. Y'all remember the build up to the first Avengers? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't was that the most? Like, when you saw the plan coming together in front of your eyes, like on the on the movie screen, like those little end credit scenes, and then like it would build up, and like you could see how all these were starting to fit together, and then when they announced Avengers, it was like. Oh my god, this is it. This is the pinnacle. Like this is it. I didn't get any of that with with the DC with Justice League. Like Justice League, it, that's not about the fault of the content. Like the Justice League is just as beloved as the Avengers, if not more so. But you did they didn't put the work on the back end. They just wanted to jump in and be like, "Hey, this is the Justice League." And they didn't do any of the the grunt work of building characters and like introducing it to the audience and, you know, they they did Man of Steel, but they didn't give us Ben Affleck as Batman. They didn't give us The Flash. They didn't give us Cyborg. They gave us Wonder Woman, but that's they didn't give us Aquaman. They didn't do his movie until after Justice League. It just seems discombobulated. It just doesn't make any sense. I think 
It's interesting because I almost wonder if DC had a little too much pressure to, you know, deliver on their A-list heroes. Like, Iron Man, before the Iron Man movies, was not, like, the top level of Marvel Comics. That was, like, Spider-Man and Captain America. Exactly. Like, Iron Man was, like, kind of Guardians of the (laughs) Galaxy-ish. Yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy is now in the comics. Yeah. Um, whereas when you make a Superman movie, you have to deliver Superman. When you make a Batman movie, you have to deliver Batman. They did well with Wonder Woman. I still am lying to myself about Aquaman. I'm still going to go see that movie. Um, but these are characters that people have watched and loved for years and years and years and years and years. And that's not just something that you can... It's not a risk that you can take like a risk you can take with an Iron Man. Mainly, it has to be a good actor that can carry on a legacy if they were to do it like Marvel was, where it's over the course of 17 movies and then four come-together movies. Like, we've had Ben Affleck, we've had Christian Bale, we've had... I mean, and it's the same thing with Superman 2, where you have the Superman, the Batman of the era, but when they're leaving mid and during the middle of the process of building this universe, it complicates things and it makes it, like you're saying, discombobulated and it's un, it's not as strong as, say, Marvel. So, um, with, with, so as far as casting, get Michael B. Jordan out of here. Yeah, stop no, it. stop. Stop casting Michael B. Jordan and everything. <laughs> now, no more. <laughs> I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't think he's no. exactly a Superman actor. I, I don't name. think he's a. Uh... Can we make Go him? Can we make him Martian Manhunter? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I would actually. I would I pay would so that. much money to see Michael B. Jordan as Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I also have a name, but um, Mavi first. I'm not sure how it, like his stoicness, like a Clark Kent, like because this dude's like what I've seen. He's still enthusiastic. I think Army Hammer. Hmm. He was the boss dude in uh, Sorry to Bother You. He was in Lone Ranger. Um, I think think he does have, like, that Superman look that people are trying to get. Like, he kind of looks like Henry Cavill in a way, and he can have some scruff, maybe a mustache like him. Uh... I'm saying this because I just saw Crazy Rich Asians, but I think Henry Golding, the main lead in Crazy Rich Asians, would be a... He has that great, like, a very good, benevolent kind of um, air about him, at least he did in that movie, that I think would translate very well to the role of Superman. Cast the guy from To All the Boys I've Loved Before <laughs> as Superman. Peter Kavinsky. Peter Kavinsky. <laughs> they lose their oh. minds. Macaulay Culkin. Good lord. That's, Let's that's get Nick Cage in there. <laughs> Nick Cage is Superman. Yes. Look, we already got him a Superman. We got him in Teen Titans Go. He doesn't get another. Yeah. <laughs> that was his one. Everybody gets one. Oh man! Uh, someone said a Scars Guard, the one that was in Legend of Tarzan. Okay, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Scars Guards are everywhere, man. Just look up, and there's another Scars Guard. There's like eight of them. <laughs> oh my Scars Guard! 
There's another one. Um. So tell us about 2K Math. Yeah, I purchased uh, with my hardworking money. Now that I'm a hardworking citizen, purchased NBA 2K19. First, I'll preface this by saying I am undisputedly the worst among the four of us at 2K. I do not believe I played Aaron. I've definitely played and lost to Colby last year at your apartment, and I, de- I did play and lose to David when you were at Teague. We had that one oh, time. I do remember that. Uh, when Sashi was there. Um, but I've always been a casual fan of 2K19. So, but uh, maybe that's the reason where I just play for my my player and my league. I don't really compete and so I've, because I've never claimed myself to be a good 2K player. I just kind of do my own thing. And therefore, I have like a love-hate relationship just because sometimes my player is not that great for the game. Specifically last year for 2K18, that was probably the most frustrated I've ever been with not only 2K game, but one of the, like any game ever. And so I was going to see if you like get your experience because it could be just a result that I'm not a good player or that it was that. Because did y'all have the impression that 2K18 was not a well-received uh, installment of the 2K series? Uh, it was probably one of the most hated installments because of how badly 2K, like the company... Uh, treated its fan base or its buyers uh, with how they handled um, the virtual currency uh, and microtransactions and how they made everything so expensive and they made virtual currency so hard to earn in-game. It's almost impossible to reach level 90 or to reach rating 99 yeah. in 2K. And it, it's Without one of the buying. precipices of the microtransactions where you can't most of the time they, uh, and that's something that I was trying to see where it was to the point where they they sort of made it, especially my player, so hard. It was sort of thing where you just gave up. And you're like, okay, I'll give up. I'll pay for the microtransactions, and you you get good by paying for it. Um, and that's something that really frustrated me. Frustrated me about two K eighteen, just because it was a sort of thing where they set your attributes so low that you can't even do the basic things you need. Like if you don't buy currency, it's developing your badges because your badges give you extra attribute boosts that allow you to score more and or to there's different things for offense and defense but it helps you be a better player yet your attributes are so low you can't do the basic stuff required to earn even those badgers so it's it felt like i was stuck and that you could do practices too where you do these drills but even in practice you can't even hit a shot like the one i always uh, a badge i always get is difficult uh or relentless finisher because I'm always someone that likes to drive and finish at the basket, either layups or dunks. And so they would do a drill in practice, and I couldn't even hit a single layup in the entire practice. So I would only get 100 points when it would take 12,000 to just get a badge. And so it it was sort of thing where it, maybe it's trying to mimic the organic process of doing it in real life, because, of course, you're not going to be a 99 player within over the course of one season. This is a, it is a, nonetheless a game, and but when you're an NBA player, the like, like you're missing shots that like somebody who is like actually the NBA rookie or not would yes. like just generally make. Thank you, because that's been one like of my a gripes. like a wide open layup. Yes, that's like, one of my gripes. The most because frustrating like, thing with 2K was that when if there was any kind of pressure whatsoever on you, layups were impossible. 
And the other thing was making entry passes into the post, no matter what, if there was someone around you or not, if there was someone within five feet of you, you would turn the ball over. Yes. My thing, too, not only layups, bigs. Bigs could not make any kind of post-move baskets. And that would always infuriate me. And it's like the thing, like, and, like, for a layup, I was thinking, like, because they put your stats alone, it's the idea of building yourself up. But I know, like, your your original layup stats are, like, in the 40s and 50s. But in my mind, just to be a person that makes the NBA, your layups is probably at least a 75, if not an 80. Um, and what 2K yeah. terms would be. And so, like, it is frustrating with stuff like that. And so allow me to get to 2K19 because I do believe it has been a drastic uh, improvement into both the shooting mechanic that was in 2K18 as well as the progression. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, however, with badges, uh, at least for secondary badges, it actually only takes 5,000 uh, my player points to get the first badge rather than 12,000 for the first one in 2K18. So it's a lot quicker um, to get badges, and that ultimately helps. Uh, I'm a shooting guard. I'm a uh, shot-creating sharpshooter. I have like 80 layups. And the thing was, I haven't had to spend VC at all. I did get a a bonus for pre-ordering or getting a pre-order version, although I didn't pre-order it. It was just at Best Buy, and they had extras. Um, But I have not had to physically purchase VC to make myself better. And so like within a week and a half of playing it, I've managed to get up to an 81 overall just by playing because it makes it the mechanic of shooting for me is a lot better. You can score a lot easier, and so that helps you to get the badges, which only makes you a better player. Like, I'm an 81 overall, and I'm averaging 26 points a game. Hitting contested shots, um, anything that's wide open, as long as I don't completely botch the shot, it goes in. My build is, I always make a six-foot point guard since that's my height. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I went with, I normally always equip three-pointer as one of my builds. Uh, this year I did not. I went with driving and finishing as my primary um, and shot creator as my secondary. Uh, so I'm going to see how that goes. Uh, I still have a pretty high three-point ceiling. Um and I realize that I do like I like slashing, so we'll see how that goes. I probably won't get it until next month because I get paid monthly, mm-hmm. so I probably won't get it until October. But we'll see. Yeah, I still think it's a drastic improvement. The neighborhood feature that was introduced really in two K eighteen is also improved. Um, being able to go around, like it just feels more organic. That you're still able to progress while not be, not, not making it too easy. I remember uh, I remember one of the issues with 2K18 was the like at least early on in the game was um when you were trying to change hairstyles they didn't let you it cost money Yeah, it costed like and you can't preview a crazy a crazy amount of virtual currency that like if you wanted to progress you couldn't because you would have to spend it and then you couldn't preview the hairstyle so if you didn't like it you couldn't get a refund on it you'd have to earn the virtual currency again and spend it on that, which halted your progression. So it was just like those kind of little things. Same thing with tattoos. It was just it was just not good. I'm ecstatic to report the barbershop is now free. Oh, wow. Yes. And you can change the height of your hair. Yes, and you can change That's the height. Up. Now, you still can't preview, but it's free, so at least you can change. Right. So that, that was a welcome addition. Um, some other things. Defense... 
and bigs. Bigs in this game are borderline OP. Um, and shot clock cheese, in the words of Chris Move on YouTube, do you want to explain? Rampant. You want to explain yes. what that is? To- so if y'all do not follow Chris Move uh, on YouTube, if if you're a person that watches like any kind of uh, playthroughs of games, he does playthroughs of 2K and specifically my player. Um, he has a term called shot clock cheese, and it's very rampant in 2K games in general, where a play the computer uh, with under four seconds on the shot clock just coincidentally is able to hit a lot of contested shots um, and it can cause frustration that's definitely rampant in this and specifically among bigs uh, and more even more specifically people like Jonas Antetokounmpo uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis anyone with height that can shoot over I don't know how many times where the, my defense I play for the Celtics I'm the starting shoot guard for the Celtics and how many times were we stifled like the Knicks, um, and then they just hand it to Chris Stapps, and he does a turnaround J, of all things, and it always swishes with like under four seconds on the shot clock and completely bails him out. It's, a, it's frustrating stuff like that. And uh, The other thing was defense is very much stronger this year. Um, 2K18, you could get around just about anybody if you had a high enough speed attribute. I was playing the the loading screen game. It was the Cavs and Warriors. Um, myself, as Stephen Curry, could not get past Kevin Love. That's real life. That is real life. That's realistic. <laughs> that happened. Myself. But like, Lock it down. Or like, even like, someone who is notably slower, like, they can shift faster than the fastest guard. Like, as Kevin Durant, I couldn't even get past K-Love. Interesting. Interesting. And so, like, it's very difficult to get past somebody. Um, and I'm not good at ankle breaker. I don't even know how. I'm, that's probably the biggest thing I'm improving on is working the pro stick. That I, I've tried my best, and I still can't even get past people. Even with, like, a Stephen Curry playing with it, who has one of the best attributes in the game for dribbling and ball handling. So, but otherwise, it's still, I think, a very much, uh, on day one, I already could tell that it was a, a drastic improvement from 2K18, just all the features and everything. Um, so, I've definitely been having a lot of fun playing in the league. I'm already uh, the number one vote getter in all-star votes. Nice. So, they're definitely getting it all in in one season, I guess. Uh, all the animations and stuff. And the story is a little more organic, too. Uh, you, you're you a, a one-and-done who actually doesn't end up getting drafted at all, so you have to go to China and sort of make your way back. That's a, that's That means he just got bad advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, he, t- yeah. he it's sort of, like, implied that he went against Kosh's wishes. So then I'm thinking, I pissed off Roy because I played at North Carolina. <laughs> oh, and, no. Yeah. I'm like I disappointed. I'm sorry, Roy. <laughs> I saw. I'm sorry I left. And so then, it's a subtle spoiler, but like, you get sent to L.A. from China. You get traded, and uh, and you get excited when you're actually playing for the G League team in L.A. And you're, there's a whole debacle with that. But there's a whole a whole lot of other stuff 
that's involved. It's some pretty interesting storylines. Not be fresh from 2K18 if you're away. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no more be fresh. That woman haunts my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and you can skip cutscenes. You can skip cutscenes, which is an absolute blessing. You've almost convinced me to buy this game other than the fact that I still don't trust 2K. So I think I'm going to wait a little bit before I give it my full trust. And this is someone, long before, I was always Team NBA Live. NBA Live 06 is probably one of my favorite sporting games of all time. But 2K has very much, I think, taken, gone ahead at this point. And I think this is a, a much better addition than last year. I got Spider-Man. Heck yeah. It is so fun. I told you. Like, I got I got chills swinging through the city. Did I not proclaim from the hilltops that it was such a good game? It's a really... I, could, I didn't expect it to be this good of a game. It's a really, <laughs> really good game. Um, I am 30% through the game. Not through the story, I don't think. Uh, just because I went everywhere just collecting stuff and taking pictures all over the city. It's a really good time. Everything feels organic. Um, the fighting is easy enough to figure out. You learn your little tricks. It's a good game. Like, if you have a PS4, get Spider-Man. You'll like it. Um, the world doesn't feel big enough that it doesn't feel explorable. The story is good so far. I have, I've, I mean, I'm only so far into the game, but I, I'm really loving it. So, go get Spider-Man if you have a PlayStation. It's definitely worth it. Do it. Um, how far are you, David? I'm like fifty-eight percent, fifty-seven, like something like around like fifty-eight, fifty-seven percent through the game. Gotcha. Yeah, I told him I I went and found all the landmarks and all the backpacks already. Yes, <laughs> stuff. Stu I might do the same with the with the research. Stuff has started getting real, uh, in the story. So, <laughs> yeah, got some excited to get there. Yeah. Um, this episode's running longer than I thought it would, so I'm gonna skip the last point that I had that I added like literally thirty seconds before we started. If that's cool with you. Yeah, that's we can fine, do that yeah. next week. Yeah, that's one that will still be salient then. But first, a question from Twitter. This is going to be the episode where we answer your Twitter questions. So, uh, from Megan Abernathy, I accidentally deleted your um, Twitter. Uh, I think it's that Abernathy, I think. I'm guessing I accidentally deleted it, sorry. Uh, from Dana, a trumpet. Do you sit in the front or the back of an Uber when you're riding alone? I don't think this is a question. Oh, God. Please don't let me be in the unpopular side of this. I sit in the back. Oh, no. I always sit in the... Well, I'm trying to think. Because I'm trying to think of the last time I took an Uber by myself. Or a Lyft. Because, like, when I'm with other people, I always sit, I sit in the front. And, like, my friends sit in the back. Because usually I'm the one that orders it. So I sit in the front. I'm trying to think. Of, I don't think I've taken an Uber by myself in like a long, long time. I always sit in the back. That's weird. I don't know this person. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, in the back. Obviously. Maverick, what I've about you? Had a, I've never been in an Uber by myself. I've never been to Uber Jabber either. <laughs> no. I've never been to Uber Jabber. <laughs> no. Uh, but it would, if it would be that case, it would be in the back. Oh, I ain't sitting next to him. Like, I'm generally awkward. And I don't like talking. So That's fair. I don't know. That was the only Twitter question this week. Oh, so Easy enough. If you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash nevermatevarsity. Let us know what you think of this two-episode setup. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit different. The change. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I guess we'll see after this week. Yeah. How about y'all tell us how you feel about it? You tell us how you feel about it. You are the listener. You are the audience. Tell us how it is. Uh, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, anything you like or didn't like. Be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. For your 30-day free trial, go to audibletrial.com slash NMVPod. Thank you to David Gutter for the music, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.